0: Welcome, everyone. I want to welcome you to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And you'll hear me fix my mic here and there. Betty will certainly whip me into shape. Who's Betty? Shape gently. Benny. Oh, Benny.
1: Okay. <laughs> Betty. I'm like, I don't Betty know. Who Betty is. is-
0: You know what? Betty is Linda's mom's name. Really? Betty Joan, yes. I had a little Freudian slip because she's on my mind right now. Uh Uh-huh. I know. But we've got the doctor in the house. I mean, this is a show that I've been waiting to have. And then later on in the hour, we're going to be talking to you about the incredible gifts, things that people are giving all of you, all of you listening to the show. It is just amazing, Benny. It just keeps getting better and better and better. And um, Benny Mather's is my uh, main man uh, today, and most every day. Valerie's probably in on the keyboards, and I'm joining you as the host of the Dr. Pat Show. How is aging different now than 50 years ago? Yeah, Dr. Eric Shapiro joining us here today. He is going to share all. We have a lot of information to add, but you know, to the show today. But I want to tell you, you know, this is a conversation. Uh, that many of us don't have. We think that we should be able to use the tools we've learned years ago. We think that perhaps, you know, this is part of a diet, this is this or this is that. But what do we need to do to age successfully, happily, vibrantly? Well, that's why Dr. Eric Shapiro is joining us here today, because it's a conversation that we have to have to open up the door to let everyone know that there are things we can do. We're going to get the skinny from him today, going to take a a journey or take a peek into his journey. Dr. Shapiro, thank you for joining us here today. What a great conversation we're getting ready to have.
2: Thank you, Dr. Pat. I'm really excited to be here.
0: So tell our listeners a little bit about your journey and why this is such an important um, topic of conversation for you.
2: Oh, gosh. Well, I I was a dental practitioner for, for over 30 years, and unfortunately, had a neck injury, and I had to stop practicing. But in the meantime, I had been teaching for many, many, many years and teaching uh, geriatric aesthetic dentistry. And uh, I went back to school to get some credibility uh, in teaching that subject on special patient care, special patient needs, by getting my master's in clinical gerontology. And uh, one day I was operating, and my arm and hand didn't work, and there you have it. I fell back on my gerontology, and that's all I had. That's all I had to go on. And uh, I traded one caring profession for another. And um, and I saw the need to teach people about um, getting older and how to deal with people who are medically compromised in the process. Mm-hmm. And so I got oh. into gerontology. And mm-hmm. I also uh, received another degree in uh, health administration as a kicker so I could know my na- my way around the the system, if you will, the health system. And that's a very complicated thing for most people to understand today.
0: It is. It's even more complicated than I think many of us, you know, can even talk about, given, you know, the changes that we've made. Yeah, I don't even think we're caught up in the changes, but it's really interesting, uh, you know, that you and I are going to be talking about this today. You know, Linda's mother, Linda's my best friend, all the listeners know that, um you know, Linda took her mother into the doctor today because her mother has basically been extremely tired. And, yes, she's 85 years old, but honestly, a year ago, this wasn't her state of affairs. And so her blood work was down. They think she's anemic, so she went in for a transfusion. But you know what really bugs me, doctor? What bugs me is how we automatically blame everything on old age, and don't really stop to take a look at what might be going on. Can you help me with this and how you explain that in our current culture?
2: Well, it's quite interesting um, you know it's there's ageism in our society, and uh I've seen it, and I'm sure you may have seen it and uh in in reinventing myself from being a dentist for many years into uh, becoming a gerontologist and trying to get work uh it's very it was very very difficult for me. Um, people would say, well, um, you're too old. Uh, I went to try to get teaching jobs and so on and so forth. Looking at your situation, um, people assume, and that's a bad thing because if you break the word down, you know what that means. Yeah. Um, uh, They assume that because you're over a certain age that you're going to fall victim to uh, certain chronic diseases or uh, things will happen to you. The system breaks down. Uh, I tell people, People don't know what a gerontologist is. So I tell them that I'm an aging specialist, and most of my friends laugh and look at me and say, well, you're just a specialist who's aging. Well, yeah, we're all aging. That's um,
0: interesting. But, <laughs>
2: but, but, being, but being old is a state of mind. Uh, we choose to be old. So your friend's mother could turn around and say, I'm not old. Uh, you know, I'm 25 in an 85-year-old body or whatever, and I have a 93-year-old mother-in-law the same, same way. She refuses to be old. She refuses to act old. She's got a lot of medical issues, and uh, it's kind of overwhelming for her. And and uh, at some point, over Thanksgiving, actually, she said, uh, "You know, I may be 93, but inside, I feel 18." And it was kind of a, it kind of took me back uh, because she refuses to allow herself to be victimized by other people's labels or being put, you know, in a box, so to speak. So, you know, we have to look at things like activity, diet, uh, socialization, uh, mental stimulation, uh, those kinds of things, plus genetics are really important uh, in looking at what your friend Linda's mother might be uh, mm-hmm. prone to. Uh, she may have, you know, so there may be a glitch and it may be due to an aging condition, but not necessarily, that doesn't make her old
0: exactly and you know what's interesting is the conversation that you and i are going to have today and why this has become so important to you i mean are we are we in a culture now where getting old has changed so seriously that you know the only thing we can think about is aging and medicare <laughs> 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 maybe that's on my mind
2: <laughs> oh
0: you're supposed to say gotcha yeah
1: yeah <laughs>
2: definitely um you know, I don't think most people think about that. I think uh, I, I I sense that most people are are, are in Egypt, and, and what I mean by that is they're in denial. Yeah. And, um, that's a play on words, but I, I, I just have to say that. I think that most people don't want to look at where they're headed. Uh, they've got blinders on. When I showed people the cover of my new book, uh, A New Wrinkle, it's got an elephant on the cover with a lot of wrinkles. But the wrinkles in my book are... Um, epiphanies about new things that we discover about ourselves or about life that uh, maybe have been sitting there unconsciously that we uncover uh, looking in the mirror one day and say oh i have a gray hair you know or uh look at look at that um look at that mole or look at that wrinkle on my face or i didn't know i could do that type of thing uh medicare uh, a lot of people are looking at it as a panacea because it does offset some of the expenses we, we are looking at as we age in terms of having health care, but it's not an answer uh, to everything. Uh, I wrote a letter to our lovely President Obama about a volunteer system, uh, a, a system of health care uh, based on volunteerism, and I got a thank you note, which was uh, hand-stamped, by the way, and... Um, the system would be based on a credit card uh, that you would carry around with you, uh, linked into the Social Security Administration. And if, uh, you know, we're in, an, uh, in a society that's uh, underemployed, if you will, people are being laid off. There's a lot of people out of work. There's 47 million people that don't have health care insurance uh, or can't afford it for some reason or other. Uh, if you saw that the local market was uh, – not cleaning up after themselves after hours, and they left fruits and vegetables lying around rotting. If you went in and volunteered to work there for a couple hours and clean up the store, you'd get so many volunteer hours on your credit card, and so many volunteer hours would be equivalent to so many visits to the doctor or so many you know, operations or what have you. And the person that you volunteer for would pay a small fee, very small fee, uh, in terms of a tax that would help offset the federal budget. Uh, and I thought it was a really terrific idea, uh, and so do a lot of other people, but, you know, you're fighting City Hall and people that have a specific idea about what Medicare is to be used for and how many people should be insured or what have you. I think we need to take responsibility for our own health care. I think we, we need to be our own advocates. I think we need to know... Uh, what makes us work and what doesn't make us work. And, unfortunately, uh, all too many of us don't think in those terms. We're, we've got blinders on. Does that answer Yeah, your
0: absolutely. Absolutely. And it really leads to a follow-up question, which has to do with, uh, you know, holistic care, what some people used to call alternative. Then we mm-hmm. moved it to integrative. Then we moved it now to functional. Pretty soon we'll get caught up to mainstream uh, medicine. But there, it leads to the question, I mean, you know, a lot of preventative care comes out of, and this is what some people would say, comes out of the holistic world. And I wanted to get your, your impression of that.
2: Well, I agree with you. And I, I, I look at being a dentist for so many years, I, I, I can see that the dental system, as compared to the medical system, even though dentistry is part of medicine, was much more advanced uh, with respect to preventative care, because we're always trying to prevent decay, prevent caries, prevent periodontal disease, uh, which, by the way, affects us as we age. And in older age, that is a very, very significant problem because it's tied into other diseases. Mm -hmm. Um, In medicine, they're a little bit behind because the preventive care um, isn't as blatant as it is in dentistry, and we're still treating symptoms. And um, your friend Linda's mother is, is... part of that right now they're treating symptoms not knowing what the cause may be
0: well we're going to be talking with dr shapiro when we get back about you know what does it mean to take control what is the deal with the baby boomers anyway is retirement the kiss of death well we'll talk about that and much more when we come back on the dr pat show this is talk radio to thrive by
1: do exist to treat your pain and its root cause. Contact Holistic Medical Center to transform your life. Call 425-451-0404 or on the web at drdarvish.com. That's dot com.
0: A new wrinkle, everyone. Dr. Eric Shapiro joining us here today. This is his book. How very cool to have him on the show because he does have a new wrinkle, a new wrinkle for all of us. What I learned from older people who never acted their age. Hallelujah. Amen. Say it again, brother. I want to tell you that this is such an important message that, I hope that within the next couple of minutes here, we can give you some tips. Dr. Eric, thank you for joining us here today. Oh, what a, a really that. cool thing to take on and share with our listeners. Before we go on, can you please give out the best information for people to either find a copy of the book, get a copy of the book, and, and really you know, be able to work with you online in that virtual reality?
2: Sure. Well, I have a book website at newwrinklebook.com, but it's available on Amazon and Barnes online. And uh, at various bookstores around the country, I'm sure. So um, that's where they can find information about it. If they go to my website, I can send them an autographed copy. If they go to Amazon or Barnes, they can certainly get a copy at less less cost, but it won't be autographed.
0: There you go. Okay, 80 million baby boomers, all facing issues of aging, all of that, we talk about it. We're in denial. We don't want to look at it for ourselves. We certainly don't want to look at it for our parents and others, but we do have to look at it but there are ways we can look at it and that's what i wanted to ask you about you know what are some of the secrets you've discovered about uh the people that you've seen um that who really never age they don't really act their age and in fact they don't really look their age what can we learn from this
2: well never to give up number 1 uh, oh yeah there are a lot of people who just stop trying they just quit and that's you know something I don't recommend. I think that you need to stay in the mainstream. You need to be active. Uh, I think that it's important. Well, Jack Benny said it best. He said, "Age is mind. Uh, getting old is mind over matter. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter." Mm. And so you know, take his philosophy and couple it with uh, doing a few things, and you'll stay youthful forever. But I think the key that I found in most of the people I wrote about in my book is nurturing your inner child and. All too often we forget about that little imp that's inside of us, that little nascent curiosity, that uh, uh, fun-loving person that we used to be when we were kids when we had no responsibilities, so to speak, and we could play and do whatever we wanted to do within limits, but um, it got suppressed somewhere along the line for most all of us because we had to follow the rules and uh, we had to play nice and so on and so forth. But, of course, that, that little inner child, gets suppressed in most of us as we go along. And I think that we need to rekindle that entity in order to maintain our youthfulness. It's not necessarily, you know, finding the fountain of youth and, you know, looking for Ponce de Leon and his gang, sitting around a well drinking water uh, so that they can live to be 2,000 years old. Uh, I always tell people, if you want to be old, look at your grandparents. If they were old, you've got a pretty good chance of getting there yourself. And if you were born in the 70s, 1970s, you've got a 10% chance of getting to 100 the way the society is now because at the turn of the uh, 20th century, uh, people only lived to around 45, 47 years old. Uh, Today we're living much longer, and the fastest aging cohort of our society is 85 and above. So we're doing something right. We have a better medical system, so I, I advise people to be preventive in the sense that be an advocate, Go in for medical and dental exams on a regular basis so that you can uh, eliminate and make sure your disease is not part of your system. Um, so be preventive in that sense. Uh, nurture your inner child. Uh, exercise by walking or doing whatever else you can do to stimulate your blood system and your muscles. Stimulate your mind. Stay active uh, mentally. Uh, play games, uh, Sudoku, crossword, Whatever you can do to stimulate yourself, uh, they've done some testing, and if you look at a television for seven hours a day, the brain is basically in a state of inactivity. Versus going on a computer and uh, reading, or you know, reading the New York Times, uh, your brain lights up like a light um, uh, on a on a scan. So they've shown that if you, if people use the computer. Uh, at least 20 minutes a day and do work on the computer you're going to uh, increase your memory power by 20 percent uh, staying active again if you dance people like, do you like to dance dr pat
0: oh my goodness are you kidding i love it as a matter of you, fact i'm taking hip-hop lessons okay, now. okay
2: if you dance three times a week minimum at third for 30 minutes you've got a 25 percent less chance of getting uh, alzheimer's disease or dementia that's a that's been proven at stanford university so there's lots of things you can do by staying active, uh, to stave off some parts of aging phenomena that may, may happen for a lot of people in our society. Diet, uh, go back to eating uh, fresh fruits and nuts and berries and I've eliminated red meat from my diet for over five years. I don't miss it. I was raised on it, but I don't, certainly don't miss it now and I, you know, I feel healthier. Um, uh, and I think the last, you know, the last two things I think are extremely important. One is to uh, find intimacy in your life. I don't care if it's holding hands with somebody or giving ten people a hug every day, which is really something that we should all be doing. Uh, of course, we we have to know the people that we're hugging,
1: uh,
2: or we'll get in trouble. But I think that um, being intimate and having that part of our life be stimulated, stimulated and um, What's the word I want?
0: Um, Well, I mean, I think we're talking about activating it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, it's kind of interesting you're talking about this because I did reference Linda's mother er earlier, um, who is really like my mother. And, you know, I watch what happens to her because, you know, her health has been a little challenging, but we're all hopeful. But I watch her when, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with New Jersey and what happens in New Jersey with all the lottery tickets, all the Mm scratch-offs. So this is... So this is how that, you, that, you know, right. re- that is totally. <laughs> I watch her do these scratch-offs. I can't even figure them out. And so it's amazing, you know, what each individual person really is drawn to. I mean, scratch-off lottery tickets used to be you scratch it off and you win. Now it's an entire game. It's a complex system. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen anybody more more focused than Joan. But
2: we have it here. We have <laughs> word, word game lottery tickets. they are very many. Very, very involved. Uh, you have to scratch off certain letters and you have to make words out of them. It's, it's quite interesting. I saw I saw it for the first time a few months ago at an AARP meeting, actually. Oh, uh, my the, gosh, yeah. The, la- the last thing I wanted to talk about was um, getting out of yourself. And I really recommend this to a lot of my patients, clients, if you will, um, who are feeling down or trapped in a situation where uh, they may um, have low self-esteem, they may feel guilty about their behavior, they're depressed, the blues or, or something to that effect because they feel alone, I tell them that, you know, you really don't know what gifts you have until you give them away. So get out of yourself and go out and help somebody else. Mm. Teach somebody something each day, you know, and, learn, and, and you learn about yourself and what you're capable of by doing that. And you get out of your doldrums. You get out of yourself. Volunteer. Help somebody else. And that's really an important thing.
0: All Absolutely. Of those
2: things, all those things help you stay young and youthful.
0: Well, what we're going to do is we'd love to give a copy of the book away to one of our listeners here. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, Dr. Shapira's book. Uh, let's do it simply 1 800 930 2819. One eight hundred nine three zero two eight one nine. That's toll free from anywhere you're listening. And we want to make sure that if you call in and you have a question for Dr. Shapiro, we would love to hear from you. Uh, I'm going to ask the, the good doctor to see if he can stay on for a few more minutes uh, into the next segment. But one of the things I wanted to to ask you about was something I I kind of jokingly referred to earlier, and that is retirement. Um, retirement for many people, uh, at least many people in the past past that I've seen, has been deadly for some. And for others, it's been so wonderful. And I wanted to ask you, Dr. Shapira, what it is about what you've learned from folks that separates those people that can retire vitalistically and those that can't?
2: Well, the people that retire have a plan. It's not just retiring because you've lost your job and sitting around moping and not knowing what to do those are the people that are in trouble mm. it's having a plan before you retire uh, i call it an elder plan or a future plan it's important to do some strategic planning and have some goals have a mission statement and a vision statement for yourself about where you want to go and what do you want to do in your retirement and whether that's traveling Again, uh, setting up a foundation to help people or help people directly through a hands-on, uh, volunteerism. I have a, I see a lot of people who are retired, retired doctors who go out and do humanitarian work. I've been doing that for years and I went and did plastic surgery in Bolivia on kids who had cleft lip and palate with a group called Rotoplast and I worked with an 85-year-old doctor who was retired. He was a plastic surgeon and uh, he plays tennis every day. He's in great shape and we stood for 14 hours and operated. On kids, and this guy had more stamina than I did, and because he loved what he was doing, and he was out of himself. That's what I'm talking about by getting out of yourself, giving your gifts away. So, if you have a plan, uh, you're more likely to succeed in retirement than those who are forced to retire due to being laid off or not getting, in, you know, having any work, uh, uh, which gives them their sense of self. So, we need to cultivate that sense of self in retirement and be fulfilled by having a purpose.
0: How do we weigh in on the health care issues that are now in the Senate and, you know, in our government right now? I mean, can you give us an idea of where people can start to even begin to understand what's at stake?
2: Well, what's at stake is uh, I think we're destined for some higher taxes. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know to what extent that's going to help or hinder us. We're, We're deluged as it is. They keep getting higher and higher and we're getting less and less for it.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Uh I think the healthcare benefits that we might get are going to be minimal. Uh I hopefully I think we we will have the ability to make a choice in in terms of who we see, but then again we may not. Uh the healthcare system in England and Canada and some other countries have not worked and there is always the alternative of private care so you have a choice and I'm sure that's going to be something that we're going to have here if we go to a national or socialized health care system. Sweden, on the other hand, has national health, and uh, it works for everybody, and they get top care, but their taxes are 78% of their income. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just for the healthcare care uh, system that they're taxed. They're taxed for free schooling and other things that benefit, right. that benefit all of their society. Plus, they have a smaller society than we do. Right. So there's, a tr- there's going to be trade-offs.
0: Yep, we're going to talk about that, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, Dr. Shapira is going to stay for a little bit longer. We're so grateful for that. But we're going to be talking about how we can keep ourselves independent and how we can be the best we can be and age, not just gracefully, but vitalistically. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. My very special guest joining me here today is Dr. Eric Shapira. We'll be right back.
1: begins. Did you know Greek yogurt is a good source of protein? Each serving of Greek yogurt provides 5 grams of protein. When you consume Greek yogurt 3 times a day, you're getting more than 20% of the daily recommended protein value. That's great news. So don't forget to pack a Greek yogurt for lunch today. For more information, visit yogurt.com and analuke.com. products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure or prevent any disease. With the changing economy, how will you take care of your health without breaking the bank or adding more hassle to your already busy life? Best-selling author Kat James Transformation Orientation Teleseminars could be the free ticket you're looking for. During these free evening phone sessions, Kat will answer your inside-out health or beauty question live and present the principles of her acclaimed Total Transformation programs and best-selling book, The Truth About Beauty. Find out if Kat's renowned approach could transform your looks and life as you enjoy the call from the comfort of your home. With zero investment or obligation, you'll hear Kat tell her incredible story of transformation live, as well as other inspiring success stories. Get the latest news and recipes and lifestyle strategies. Enjoy exclusive discounts on Cat's programs. You'll even have a chance to win an eight-week full curriculum teleprogram valued at $600. Visit www.thecatjamesshow.com to register for Kat's free transformation orientation teleseminar today.
0: Okay, question for you. How is aging different now than 50 years ago? Hey, you're listening to The Dr. Pat Show. I'm Dr. Pat. If you want to find out more information about us, go to www.thedrpatshow.com, and right there you're going to hear about some of the holiday gifts and free, wow, I'm going to talk about it in the next segment, actually. I can't believe the folks that have come to the table and have actually said, we want to gift your listeners A, B, C, D, and more than that. And so we'll talk about it. But right now, Dr. Eric Shapira is joining us here today. You know, because we are demystifying what so many people are afraid of. When you're afraid, you do go into denial or avoidance. I mean, we know that so well. But what is the risk of doing that now for ourselves? And more importantly, how about our parents? Uh, Dr. Shapiro, thank you for joining us here today. It's tough. It's tough, you know, to watch our family and friends um you know, get, become more seasoned. It's, I'm telling you, I'm facing it right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's so many things you want to do to help. But don't people have to want to help themselves as well?
2: Yes, they do. I, I think that's a key thing. I, I, I really fully believe that we have to be our own advocates. We have to have an attitude of uh, survival um and survival of the fittest, if you will, by helping ourselves and not sitting back waiting for someone to lend us a hand, and that's called being independent. And what I try to do with people is get them to a point where they want to be independent and maintain what we look at and we call dignity. I mean, we all mm. need to have dignity and some self-respect. And I had a a, a patient a long time ago who was a, probably one of the most brilliant men I ever met, Dr. Heinz von Forrester. He had four PhDs. He was studying the cognitive theories of mankind, and he was dying. And he didn't want to talk about death and dying, even though I went to interview him about death and dying for a hospice project I was doing. And uh, he felt he had lost his dignity. He wasn't able to address himself anymore, and he couldn't cook, which he loved to do. And his wife had Alzheimer's disease, and he was not able to help her, so he felt helpless. And I said, well, uh, and he wanted to commit suicide. He said, it would be very easy for me to take my life. And I said, why would you do that when so many people appreciate uh, what you do and what you're doing yeah. and what you've done? And uh, he said, well, that's the quote-unquote gimmick by which I'm living. I'm allowing other people to think that I'm helping them by keeping myself alive, and I do it for them and not so much for me. Wow. I, uh, it was a heavy statement. And uh, he never killed himself, and he lived to, you know, in, up into his 90s, but he died right after his wife died. He wanted to make sure that she was well cared for before he let himself go go away. But uh, I asked him lots of questions, and I said, uh, you know, we're all looking for uh, approval, if you will, uh, about our own lives. He said, well, if you're asking me, about uh, yourself, you know, of uh, being getting approval from. So, if you want to find out if you're if you've done okay in life, you know, ask somebody else. So, what I ended my book with was, uh, we all need our mirrors in life to tell us if we are successful, if we are bringing meaning to other people, or making a difference in the world, and to our and and, and ultimately to ourselves. And we need we need that social system around us. We can't do it alone. We we need to be independent. But we also need our families and our friends to give us that positive feedback. Just as I, I ask you periodically if we're doing okay today on this radio show, yeah. and, you, and you say yes, and I'm, I know now that I'm, you know, maybe making a difference to other people by instilling in them some ideas that will give them some hope for, you know, future future vision for their lives. That's important.
0: When we take a look at the life that we live, and today, you know, we're talking with you about not just how aging is different, but you know, why some people, um, why some people change the, their attitudes, their perspective on on aging, and how that affects them in terms of longevity and vi- and, and vitality, and more than that, you know. You and I were talking a little bit during the break um, about health and healthcare, and you mentioned, I think you mentioned Sweden earlier. Well, Sweden is really an anomaly. They're completely on the other end of the scale. They made a conscious decision early on Mm -hmm. about how they would take care of, you know, their people. Um, I want to talk about stress for a minute, and you know, stress that doesn't necessarily start at eighty years old. You know, but there are stress uh, stressors. All kinds of stress. yeah, uh, tell me a little bit about what you've discovered in your book and what you found from the people that are uh, you know that really do age vitalistically
2: well, now that you've put me under stress, Dr. Pat, no guilt here <laughs> <laughs> uh, stress is a, an interesting thing it's um uh it's a chemical thing for one thing uh, you know the Chinese have a word. Uh, The the word for crisis in Chinese also means opportunity. So from every stressor, you can make that an opportunity by not owning somebody else's stress, for one thing. And I found that out from older people uh, uh, who are very complacent with themselves. They love themselves, and they're happy with their lives. And no matter what somebody says or does, it isn't going to affect them one way or the other because of that happiness. So they limit their stress in that way well when somebody uh puts something upon you by giving you a guilt trip uh, don't own it you know put it back on them I, I hear that you're angry about something that i might have done is that true rather than own the the words that they're saying deal with the emotion that's being stated and put put that emotion back where it came from and verify that you know they're feeling uncomfortable about something you don't have to own that uncomfortableness therefore that limits your stress level financial stress I gave a lecture to the National Association of Financial Planners a couple of years ago at UC Santa Cruz, and I talked about elder abuse. It's out there. It's not just emotional abuse, it's financial abuse, it's physical abuse it's it's very, very prevalent and rampant in our society, and that's a big stress for people. Identity theft today is a stress for all of us in our society. Um, walking down the street and getting shot. <laughs> My mother had a bumper sticker. She lives in L.A. It said, I'm sorry, please don't shoot. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, and um, somebody gave it to her. She thought it was funny, but it's not funny because we have a lot of stress in our society, and people may take it out in a different way than by shooting other people. and That's a stressor. Uh, so, you know, we have taxes to pay. We have death to think about. Most people are in denial about that, Um we have bills to pay. We we have a job to go to. We have responsibilities. Those are all stressors. It depends on how you look at them. If you imbibe stress and become stressed, you have a chemical in your body called cortisol, and you've heard of the flight-fright syndrome. Oh, when
0: yeah. If
2: you, you get scared, you feel the epinephrine go in your system. You also release yeah. cortisol, and that's a detriment to your body. Your sugar goes mm-hmm. up, and everything else goes crazy, and these chemicals go in your body and causing your heart to beat and your blood pressure to go up. So if you're constantly under stress and you internalize that, then your physiology changes. And then if that happens enough, then your body starts breaking down. So you want to limit the amount of stress that you imbibe, and you want to embrace whatever those stressors are and don't own them and put them back where they belong. Does that answer so, the question
0: in a way? Uh, so absolutely. And, you know, I, I had to ask that question because, you know, I had an experience the other day. I won't go into the boring details of it. But, you know, generally I have blood pressure that runs pretty low. And no one really gets concerned about it. But I had my blood pressure taken the other day, and it was like 138 over something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I said, and I didn't say anything. And, you know, the woman that was taking she said, wow, your blood pressure is 138, blah, blah, blah. That's unusually high for you. And I said, well, what does that mean? And she didn't say anything.
2: (laughs)
1: Now you're stressed.
0: (laughs) Now I'm stressed. (laughs) Then she takes it again, right? Then we got that going on. Then the doctor, my fabulous doctor, then takes it twice. Mm -hmm. And it's like shooting up there.
2: Yeah, because you're scared.
0: I, well, now, come on. Tell me what it means. I mean, my blood pressure is usually 107 over something, and it was like 138. So, you know, having a low blood pressure, getting something like 138, you think it's through the roof. That's well, normal. I come to. It's still normal. See what I'm saying?
2: It's called a range.
0: <laughs> it's like, I finally I got from somebody that, okay, it's normal. Maybe the treatment you just had, you know, had it go up there. But I know what you're talking about. Given that that's me and I'm a pretty kind of okay, What? how are people dealing with the job stress right now?
2: Oh, that's a tough one. Well, as I, as I did, as I lost my profession of dentistry in a sense, I couldn't practice anymore. I got depressed uh, you know my mm-hmm. chemicals changed and and uh, I, I was and I had to determine whether I was depressed or whether I was grieving or both and I was both um, when you have a loss in your life if your cat dies or you uh, lose a friend who moves away uh, you're gonna grieve and depending mm-hmm. upon how you grieve if you if you dwell on that grief and it lasts a long time it can go into depression and that's when you have to be careful about it. Um, I think that uh about twenty nine percent of people over sixty five are unemployed, but those people are also now reinventing themselves. They're doing they're going back to school or they're starting their own businesses and they're ready to start over again in something new. Again, you talked about uh in the beginning, uh opening the door. Uh when one door closes another door opens crisis is an opportunity if you will and i think that if we take that attitude we'll we'll have a retirement or an unemployment uh time in our life where it can be turned around
0: absolutely wow thank you dr eric shapiro joining us here today and boy what a great conversation when we come back i'll give you his website we got a little open mic got a few announcements to make and got plenty of things to chat with you about we'll be right back with the dr pat show